Good evening, and welcome to episode 98 of Screen Tone Club. This is your manga discussion podcast, recording on the 27th of March, 2022, for release on the 29th of March-ish, 2022. My name's Elliot Page, very tired and sleepy after losing an hour of day due to the clocks going forward, and I'm joined as always by my lovely co-host, Mr. Andy Hanley. How are you doing, Andy? I'm doing very well. I, I'm here as the, the mild-mannered sidekick to your delinquent gang leader. Oh no! Why do I have to be the delinquent? Like, <laughs> Cause you, you, you get to do the cool, the cool stuff. Do I get the sick pompadour at least? Sure. I mean, I, I'm not going to stop you. I, I definitely can't do a pompadour, I can tell you anymore. So, you know, it's going to have to be you, I'm afraid. <laughs> By process of elimination. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I can, do, I can do a pompadour, but like, don't ask me to swing anything heavy because I will wind myself, frankly. <laughs> There's a reason why my job involves sitting down and podcasting. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I feel like we're creating our own manga here, just like the world's worst delinquents. It's just like the, the, the guy who wants a pompadour but doesn't have the hairline for it and and the, the gang leader that just can't even lift a heavy thing. Like, please, please, if you want to commission this, you know, we are available for uh, for pitches. Well, clearly, we just need to rule through fear. Fear and terror, the two most delicious things. <laughs> Talking about fear and terror, no. Um, so, yeah, as a quick bit of um, housekeeping, um, as mentioned, this is your fortnight look at manga with a focus on joint discussion. We have a Patreon at patreon.com forward slash screen tone club. And on that Patreon, you will find such lovely compatriots as Rob Jessup, the blue haired cyborg and Seekers Gert, who support us at the shout outs tier. And so get this little shout out at the top. Hooray! Also, as a quick note, um, there is currently an ongoing Kadansha Humble Bundle, um, which is where you give like Humble a bunch of money and they split it between Kadansha and Charity and themselves. And you get a whole heap of various EPUBs, PDFs of manga from Kadansha. Um, we have a referral code for this if you haven't purchased it already and wish to give us a kickback um, at no extra cost to you, I hasten to add. And you'll find the link for it in the show description and also on our Twitter feed. So, you know, no pressure, but if you feel like it, much appreciated. Thank you very much. Okay, um, so yeah, um, do you want to go first, Andy, or shall I? Um, do you mind if I actually? I, yeah, I, I, I want you to go first on this one. So. Cool, yeah, I'm going to shove myself out the window. Um, so I picked, um, so we've got a bit of a theme, as mentioned, delinquents or bad girls, as it were, but romance. So, you know, bad girls in love, good shit. Um, something I greatly enjoy at the very minimum as a concept. So my pick was... No matter what you say, Furisan is scary. Volume one. It's by Seiichi Kinoe. It's published by Seven Seas. Um, it's not complete. It's got four volumes in Japan and two volumes in English. Um, there's not an anime. Uh, you can get digitally or physically. And as you can probably guess from the title, um, this is about uh, main character. Well, main female character. I wrote it down. Oh no, wrong page. I'll start again. Hang on. God damn it. So Furikisan of the title is Furi Yoko, who is a blonde-haired girl who wears like a sort of sports jacket and is generally quite sort of lackadaisical at school. They've just started high school. You're introduced by Tyra um, Yamamoto. Yami? Oh god, uh, Nami- Namito, I think. Sorry. Tyra Namito. I think Namito. Yeah, it's an end. Sorry. Oh god. 
So yeah, we're introduced to Tyra Namito, who is first year high schooler. He's a bit nondescript, a bit wimpy, a bit nothing, frankly. Um, and he starts high school thinking, yay, I, maybe I can, you know, stretch out my legs a bit. And he ends up sat next to um, Furry-san and decides, oh no, she looks like a delinquent. She's scary. Um, and it turns out, unfortunately, no, she's not. She's just a maiden in love. She's kind of fallen over for Tyra, kind of at first sight, just because he's got a cute face, in her opinion. And and, you know, every single little misunderstanding or thing or interaction just seems to do nothing but drive her for more and more into crush territory. And so what follows is, you know, a moderately sized manga volume, 140 pages of, frankly, the same joke over and over again. Um yeah, it it's very it's structured very much like a four panel manga with four vertical panels per page and you know, very rarely does it break this mold and structure. And so most of the series has kind of the same cadence. And a lot of it comes down to the same joke of, oh, she likes him, but is scary and accidentally giving off wrong vibes. Or, you know, he keeps accidentally doing stuff that makes her like him. Or towards the end, you get other characters who get in on the fact and they've clocked what's going on because they're not morons. And they both go to Yoko Furi-san and say, hey, I'll support you, um, which is nice. Um, but yeah, and also you get a few teachers in on the act who are like kind of like laughing or goosing the pair of them along. And that really is kind of it, like, frankly. Um, to use a phrase my dad would use, um, this series is rather thin gruel. Um, do you think the same, Andy? Yeah, I generally agree with you. I mean, I was certainly, through, like, the first half of this volume, I was kind of tapping my fingers a little impatiently because it's like everything about this is very cliche it's you've seen it all before in other series and it doesn't really do anything to kind of break the mold or be like oh hey this you know this has done something interesting um it's it kind of has a couple of saving graces for me that kind of turned me around to a to a, a certain extent by the time I reached the end of this volume. Like the first is that Fury is just like really sweet and oh, like yeah. the more time the more time you spend with her, you more you're just like, ah, I'm, I'm there was definitely like a turning point where I went from just like rolling my eyes at all the cliche, like, oh, you know, when she tries to smile, everyone thinks that she's, you know, kind of grimacing and, you know, being threatening, all of that stuff. But like, when you get to spend more time with her, it's just like, oh, actually, she's kind of adorable and I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for her. So, you know, that kind of gave me sort of some skin in the game. Like, I, I had some investment in her character by the end of just like, nah, I hope, she, you know, I hope she, things work out for her because she yeah. she seems cool she, um, ends up, she ends up kind of um sorry andy she ends up kind of becoming the point of view character even like after about like as you say about halfway through it seems to realize where the series seems to realize where its bread is buttered and stops focusing on tyra and just shifts seamlessly over to yoko and yeah. is much better as a result because as i say she's she's not actually a delinquent we don't know why her hair's blonde and who cares who gives a fig um but you know she has a little brother and appears to have more family hidden somewhere we haven't met them yet but you know she makes dinner she makes breakfast she makes lunches for her family and she's clearly a doting sister and someone who likes cute things like cats and stuff and you know people who like cats can't be bad surely um 
and so yeah like i think once the series realizes that like she is the actual star and also as you say she's a sweetheart and just kind of a blushing maiden who has a rough exterior and that's you know that's kind of the point when the when the it goes from oh it's the same joke every time to well yeah it's the same joke every time but it's now working a lot better um you know like you know as i say the characters do more stuff together and you kind of see that part of it which makes it frankly a lot more endearing at least to myself yeah 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 and i furry is just a more interesting kind of character like you know tyra is kind of bland milk toast self insert fodder like you know i couldn't i i I mean i only read this like volume like a week ago i already couldn't really tell you what he looks like you know it's like if you asked me to describe him or anything about him he's just like there's a manga there's literally nothing to him like i think even other characters when they're introduced like even his friends are very much like man you are nothing (laughs) like like not bullying but like even um furry's seat neighbor in front of her who finds out about their you know her crush like start you know her mental image of him is just like like a nothing sd head saying tralala and it's like oh you know he doesn't have a lot of presence and for someone who went into high school to try and like you know do the whole high school debut thing and you know stand up more for himself you know kind of not doing a lot there chum you know i mean we've read a few of these sort of concept stories recently but like you know senpai from nagatoro san has you beat in every way frankly at least in terms of like self-actualized personal growth yeah yeah exactly that and yeah like i feel like a lot of these you know no matter what their starting point they kind of managed to find you know a, a niche for their uh, you know male protagonist to kind of sit in where you're at least like yeah they seem they seem decent enough whereas like yeah tyra is just like entirely forgettable um but yeah like you mentioned um like fully's kind of you know becomes her friend who sits in front of her like uh Kaumaida, i think is yeah, her yeah, name is and like she she is the other thing that i think helps to turn this series around because that that whole bit when she gets introduced it looks like it's going to be the start of another long-winded kind of you know misunderstandings for he's a delinquent you know she's going to be scared of her but like it kind of cuts straight to the chase where she's like oh no i'm sat in front of the delinquent oh wait the delinquent has a crush on this boring kid maybe actually this is kind of adorable oh turns out she's kind of sweet and let's be friends yay we're friends now and like having her kind of added to the cast really helps a i think you know because it comes alongside that shift in perspective towards you know being more Frilly's point of view but like having Frilly not just be the friendless kid you know and actually having her have like a decent friend who she can start hanging out with and like talking about talking with that really helps to kind of power things along as well because it just adds an extra kind of element an extra bit of dynamic to it that isn't just people being scared of her um and so that that was the other thing that like by the end of this volume it's like ah, not only do i like Fully's character like Kao's pretty great as well like you know she's she's just really good supportive friend of like hack you you know you you, you think that nobody realizes that you've got a crush on uh, on tyra but like i've i've clocked it straight away and i'm here as like official cheerleader in the background for this stuff and she helps like power things along at, at the same time yeah she's a very helpful like even when her impact is small it's like you know just a sensible person in the room to turn to and go 
right? And then they go, yeah. And then you're like, oh, good. Okay, forward momentum on this storyline. That's good. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, exactly. Which is more than can be said for like the Otaku character, like oh, the, the, the cunningly named Okta Takuo. I was about um, to mention that. Yeah, I saw that and I was like, oh, okay. He yeah, is, he's an extremely exhausting character for the, his introduction chapter. And then by the end of it, I'm like, okay, fine. Like you've got your place in this series. And, you know, if he hadn't, like the fact that he figures out, you know, Fury's um, crush is like, oh, okay. Like he's not just going to be like this another, this other weird joke. Um, although he still is, like he's, you know, he fits into the like weirdly like onion shaped um, otaku guy who says Dono at the end of his sentences. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely exhausting, and I, I can't like he, he's kind of the the anti Keho for me of just like you know if petrol wasn't so expensive, I'd probably want to set him on fire because he's just like incredibly annoying, and I could kind of like do without him being around. Like he has some some value as you get deeper into to things like beyond his initial introduction, but it's like could we not just literally have anybody else play this role? Because I'm just like I'm I'm super done with that sort of like Ataku stereotype that is particularly like grating um and so i mean he he kind of gets used pretty sparingly to be fair again it's i think it's the interesting thing about this series from everything we've said like this feels like an author that is figuring it out as they go but like figuring out the right things and making the right adjustments as they go in terms of like, hey, this character kind of works. There's a good dynamic here. I'm going to use them more. This character, and maybe just use them from time to time when it makes sense. Let's switch the perspective. Like it's sort of, it's, it feels like an interesting growth across this volume of just like an author figuring it out and kind of finding a formula that, that works in real time. Yeah. I, I mean, I must admit, I came out of the gates, guns firing um but it it you know it starts to leverage its core joke i suppose um but also like yeah it gets better as it goes along it's definitely on an upward trajectory i feel like the part where the the moment which made me go oh i think the author gets this series was chapter six when it starts with you know a full page picture of fury sat on a chair wearing a pair of glasses and you're like aha you have figured it out like you figured (laughs) out what people want Maybe that's just yeah. me. I don't know, but yeah. No, it's... but I mean, I, yeah, I, I think it is kind of emblematic of yeah, the, the series sort of finding like between just trial and error, and perhaps just finding a bit of confidence in itself as to what it needs to do. Um, it definitely dials it in uh, at some point, and yeah. So I sort of came out of the end of this one thinking like, you know what, I had a good time with this. Like, it's not, it, it's not a kind of like hard recommend. Oh man, you have to read this. Like, it's hilarious. It's it's amazing. All these characters are incredible. Like, like, but it's very much like, yeah, you know what? I after a slow start, I kind of had a pleasant time with this. I enjoyed my time with you know a bunch of the main characters. Maybe not enough to read more of it necessarily, but you know, I I feel like I I got something out of it. It made me smile. I was like, oh yeah, I, some of these characters are cute. That's kind of that's good enough for for a series of this of this ilk. Yeah, I feel like the fact it has a positive trajectory. Um, makes me hopeful for volume two but i think i'm probably gonna hold off for like some form of book walker sale or deal or coin back thing rather than worry about running out and buying it right now um because yeah i mean yeah it, it was you know as i say after the halfway mark it improved markedly and i found myself enjoying it more and more and you know it, it does a lot of nice artistic you know the, the art isn't gonna be anything to write home about um but it does find a lot of ways to kind of like 
you know, bring a lot of expressivity to Fury and, you know, the various antics. So, you know, it kind of ends up coming to the good, quite frankly, um, by the end. But yeah, I'm not going to rush out to continue this um, with bated breath, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think visually, yeah, like it's exactly that. It kind of, you know, it, it, it does everything that it needs to do in terms of, you know, like expressions and stuff, like its character designs are all on point um you know i mean if, if anything i think its biggest problem like given its title is like sure she has blonde hair but furry doesn't really look all that delinquent ish like you know i mean but perhaps again this is a comparison to the other title we're about to talk about but it's like people have people have like prejudged her like way too harshly like compared to i feel like a lot of these other series where you have the like oh is she a delinquent like you know it's like i don't know how you really came to this conclusion because you know if you spent more than like two seconds around her you'd pretty quickly figure out that nah that's not that's not what's going on here yeah i mean even one of the teachers who clocks quite quickly that you know she has a crush on tyra like she starts out going all of her terrible things about her and it's like from who who is telling you these things and they're full of shit like they're like oh she shoplifts it's like why how like the most she has done is have a nap in class um you know and big whoop you know i've done that before fuck it um and you know it's like why does this keep perpetuating and even then in a later chapter when the same teacher comes back she's like no i must be ruthless and make sure that she's not any good and it's like no you've just found out the exact same thing again that she's just a sweetheart like there's nothing to find here like i know you know maybe it's a prejudice against blonde hair but it's like that's been disproven immediately upon meeting her like you can't you can't really keep that joke going i'm afraid <laughs> yeah yeah and, and it, it's a strange thing because i feel like i've read other sort of similar series where they at least kind of write a backstory for like oh here's how the rumors actually started and kind of you know you sort of you can see where it came from but yeah like you just take a look at this character and, and you, you don't even have that initial chapter one kind of like oh maybe maybe she is a delinquent because like you just take one look at her like nah nah i know where this series is going yeah because normally you have like the the misunderstanding standing where it's like oh, she took on 10 people at once and it's like yeah she took on 10 people at once because they were trying to beat up a cat and so she came to the cat's defense and that's it and it's like oh okay whoops <laughs> so yeah the fact that it goes into like it just continues you know the assumption is so high hard bound it's very stupid so yeah, yeah, it, it is. But hey, hey lo- logic in romantic comedy manga, you know, prob- probably not something we should be looking for. But e- even in those terms, it still kind of stood out as a like, no, you're just not selling it in the way like I feel like other series have. Yeah, I mean, when she admitted that she watched Precure with her little brother um, or her, li- her siblings, you know, she was already a good character. So you know, you can kind of stop it there. <laughs> like people who pe- someone who watches Precure can't be bad, frankly. <laughs> in my opinion um so yeah anything else to mention about this andy no no i I don't think so like i'm curious as to whether either of us kind of breaks and and kind of you know jumps on the returning champions bandwagon on on this because yeah like i i'm I'm kind of with you that if if this crops up in in a sale with some deep discounts then i i might well be tempted to be like yeah this this will be fun i'll I'll read some more but this is also one of those series where i feel like we'll be like nah i'm not in a rush to read anymore and then we'll have like a returning champions in a couple of weeks that'll just be like yeah i read the rest of it is all i read all of the rest of it leave me alone so we'll we'll see we'll see how that goes well to be fair all the rest of it is one more volume so that'd be quite easy so yeah yeah i mean that that only makes it all the more tempting i guess but 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 we shall see we shall see cool so that was no matter what you say furry san is scary volume one 
And now, a brief message from our sponsors, you. Hey, Elliot here. Just interrupting this episode to let you know that Screen Tone Club is supported by our lovely listeners via Patreon. Doing this helps defer the cost of buying the manga we read for the show, keeps the show ad-free, and also gives us a lovely little ego boost. By supporting us on Patreon, you also get monthly bonus episodes. And if you support us on the $3 and up tier, you get to vote on what we cover on these bonus episodes. To find out more, please go to patreon.com forward slash club. Uh, sign up today and you get full access to the entire back catalogue of two years plus of bonus episodes. Uh, whether you're a subscriber or not, thank you very much for listening. And now, back to the show. Okay, and so moving on to our second topic of the episode, um, over to you, Andy, for I belong to the baddest girl at school. Yeah, so I mean, I, I, I'm not, I'm not sure how deliberately this sort of came about that we ended up on, on very similar tracks, but uh, yeah, I belong to the baddest girl at, at school. Is in a way a very different series to to Frilly Sam because actually. This girl is the baddest girl at school. She is actually a proper delinquent. Uh, like, you know, she has some members of her gang and everything. And, uh, so, you know, she's the real deal. Uh, no, no, no fake delinquents here. Um, and so the story of, uh, this series, which, uh, has, uh, three volumes in English currently, uh, seven volumes in Japanese. Um, uh, it is from One Piece Books. Uh, author is, uh, Ui Kashima. Um, but it is the story of Unoki who is your typical kind of protagonist for this kind of story. Um, he's a bit of a weakling, kind of quiet, um, perpetually bullied wherever he goes at school. Um, and his latest bully, quote unquote, is a uh, Tolomaru. Now, now there's a proper delinquent name. Um, yeah, she, even has is... a, she has a tiger on the back of her jacket. You know, it's good. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like once anybody has the word Tola in their name, you know, you know that, that it's trouble. Um, and yeah, so she, she is a, a proper, delinquent she is a, a troublemaker she gets into fights etc etc well i think it's more that fight people come keep people come at her and she just dispatches them instantly so well yeah i mean that that is that is is true as well but so she seems to she seems to kind of enjoy her role like you know she's she's not particularly a reluctant delinquent it's fair to say either um but the problem that tara Mary has is that um while she has recruited Inoki as her kind of gopher, that was not exactly her intention. Um, when she sidled up to him and basically said, like, be mine, she kind of meant it in a more romantic sense. Um, and so we, we are in the, the classic era of misunderstandings here, where Tolomale is just like, hey, Inoki's my boyfriend. Like, this is why we hang out all the time. And, you know, he's really nice to me. And he, like, goes and gets me, like, drinks and sandwiches at lunch and all of that. It's because he's a really nice, caring, sensitive boyfriend. Whereas Inoki's point of view is like, oh, my God, this girl is terrifying. She's made me her slave. I need to, like, stop her from killing me. I'll just do whatever I think will make her happy. Um, and that's pretty much it really for, for this volume um, as time goes on we kind of reach the point like towards the end of this first volume where Inoki's kind of starting to realise like is this something up here like maybe like you know we've talked more I've seen her like pet some rabbits and that seemed quite nice like maybe she's not actually all that bad and like it f- seems it feels a bit like she's kind of coming on to me but, like, I'm just, like, the weak kid that gets bullied, so, ah, no, that can't be it. Uh, so we have all of that thing going on. Uh, we meet some of Tolomali's kind of fellow 
gang members. Uh, there is Matsuri, who is just kind of like, kind of bonkers, to be honest, and is very like, uh, protective of Tolomali. Yeah. Um, she feels like an unsuccessful Yandere. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely a bit of that going on. Like, you know, she's, she's quite happy to dispense the violence. Um, and, and kind of much like Fulisan, um, we also have a Yutaka Ishigome, who is basically the one character in this scenario that has figured it all out. And so she's another of kind of Tyler Mallory's, like, fellow gang members. And she clocks on pretty quickly, like, wait, you're, like, into him, like, in a romantic way and bless her she's the one that kind of is trying to unpick this mess of misunderstandings and kind of like try to get these two characters to actually hang out sort of on 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 the the same level rather than at these current like constant cross purposes um and she she's kind of like much like um like Kaida in in the fully saying she's kind of a big part of what sort of makes parts of this book more successful because she's exactly the character that this series needs as the kind of like the voice of reason that tries to connect things together yeah she's also useful as the character who kind of sits you down as the reader and explains why you can't just bluster in and tell everyone what's going on because it would probably break everyone's brain Um, (laughs) like she's the person who stands back um and sort of like pinches the bridge of their nose um to release the tension and goes oh okay fuck because that's kind of the position they've ended up in because they're the one person who's got more than three brain cells to rub together and even says like how do you end up in a misunderstanding this bad and it's clear that everyone has you know like you know as i say like toro Mario thinks she's in a relationship with unoki and thinks he's just being a bit coy unoki thinks he's a gopher and you know um uh matsuri is just matsuri frankly she's her own weird fucking nightmare um and so yeah it's just a case of like oh you breaking cutting this knot is not going to be easy so yeah yeah for, for sure and honestly i i feel like you know in much the same way as, as we kind of said about fully saying like i think the the biggest thing that this series suffers from is it kind of all feels a bit cliche and predictable um and I, I feel like in this case even down to sort of the art style like it sort of it has a lot of trappings of just that feeling like i've seen this all before um and like you know Unoki's not particularly interesting as a character like in, in terms of either like his design or his actual personality yeah he feels, is- he feels kind of like the like the coffee runoff dregs of a bunch of other characters which sounds is, is extremely cruel but at the same time like because you, you there's the guy with the emo bang from um kaguya-sama um who turns up and it feels like a somehow even more watered down version of him um and the other thing about Anoki is he's not like he's not he's like he's not like a complete and utter wimp he just has like a really bad mindset and frankly if he like swept his hair back and did his hair properly he'd probably be quite a hot but at least i don't know maybe it's just the art but he'd look a lot better and would probably do a lot better for himself if he i don't know like swept his hair back frankly <laughs> maybe that's just yeah me. Yeah, no, I, 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 and I feel like the series that is, uh, that is kind of what it's going for. Like, I fully expect that's going to be a thing that happens at some point is like somebody's going to like get a comb to him and everyone's going to be like, Oh my God, he's actually really attractive. Someone will tip a bucket of wax over his head and he, or he falls in a (laughs) vat of Lynx Africa. 
and he just becomes yeah. like a chick magnet somehow. It, it's going to be exactly that. But yeah, like as is, he does feel like you know he just like auditioned to be an Orange High School host club and just got like kicked out in the first audition, and it's just like you know it's discard him for life or something. Um, and um, yeah, but you know, yeah, he's not kind of particularly interesting. Like, I mean, I guess much like fully San, like Tolomali is also. I kind of you kind of warm to her and she becomes more interesting as you go and you kind of get to see a more rounded version of her than the just kind of like sort of angry fighty girl that you sort of get mostly to start start off with and sort of it it, I feel like it, it manages to sort of split the difference a bit better between her like romantic feelings and the fact that she's like super sappy like romantic against the whole delinquent thing a lot better than it does in its early running but she's still just kind of like ah you know I've I've seen this before and I'm not particularly you know there's not really anything that stands out here um and then the other characters you know they, they do round out the cast in their own various ways and give kind of different different bits of the pinball table if you like for the various characters to bounce off of um but kind of Yutaka aside they're just kind of like eh yeah they're 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 all fine like everything in this series is fine like there's nothing terrible or offensive or there's not a kind of like oh yeah this is just really badly written or plotted like it's all it's all functional it all works but I feel like at least Frilly San I kind of had points where I was just really like rooting for Frilly as we mentioned whereas this I was never particularly invested in like I kind of don't really care if the main two characters get together or not particularly it's just kind of like yeah whatever I'm whatever happens happens yeah I I had, I have, I have like a minute. I mean, I've read, to be fair, I've read up to volume three of this, so I'm not going to reference events in later volumes, but in general, rereading his first volume, it, it feels like a series that is like, uh, I might have used this phrase before, but it feels like less than the sum of its parts somehow, where, um, I I like the idea. I like the characters. I I think one or two more characters, especially like the problem is that you can't really give Unoki a, Unoki a friend because you've made him so pathetic that you can't really have a friend. Like all he can really have are like people who take who take advantage of him, um, and so that kind of gets him stuck. Um, but I feel like the series quite often like somehow like misses up misses off or gives up the big payoff for the very boring gag um like where it's like okay you've got a setting here and you've got like an idea for this chapter and then it kind of just ends in a bit of a limp way and it does this continually and it's not like it's wasting every opportunity or just making everything worse or being boring but it's more the fact of like oh well there's not really a killer edge to this and you know it has some interesting bits like you know you learned that Toromaru is not very tall and so she has a hang up about her height and wears getter everywhere you know those wooden little platform shoes um and other sort of things and it, it, you know the the whole bad girl beat people up thing is an incidental thing like she's just too strong to even really be a participant in a fight she just demolishes people when they come near her um which you know is its own strength but equally makes the fighting angle a bit boring because she doesn't actually do anything deli- i mean like you know it feels like she's a delinquent just because she's become king and everyone who comes at her gets annihilated so it's like well it's not like she's doing anything actually delinquent worthy um you know as you say she spends all of her time being a maiden in love um and you know you don't and you of course you always see both sides every every interaction where it's like okay she sees this he sees this therein lies the joke 
and then we move on. Um, so yeah, it's a series I desperately want to like more. I mean, hell, I've read three, three volumes of it so far, and I'm probably in for the rest, um, given it seven total. But like, and I, as I say, I like the core ideas, and it does do more in later volumes as characters start to twig what's really going on but then second guess themselves and start to like two-step hop foot around it going oh what if i break it you know what if i ruin what we've got here even though what we've got is built on all these misunderstandings but especially in this first volume it feels very much like you know you've you've got this like very powerful car but you're running it at 30 30 miles an hour at least for myself does that tally with you at all andy yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely. You know, I mean, one one of the first kind of notes that that I wrote was like, this series is really stretching its misunderstandings. And like, I, I think again, I, I, people are probably you know, people probably have a drinking game around this podcast when whenever we mention Nagatoro in comparison, you take a shot. But like, you know, you look at something like Nagatoro, which you know, a, a I mean, you know, the whole Inoki has no friends thing. Like, you know, Nagatoro gets itself out of that issue with Senpai by he kind of ends up becoming buddies with you know the the other girls that Nagatoro hangs out with and it kind of it it does it in a way that organically kind of works and this I feel like this series is sort of trying to angle in the same direction but you know maybe not doesn't quite get there in the first volume Um, but again I think it's just this feels like a sort of again as much as you have Unoki kind of starting to maybe twig that something is up in this volume there's not a real kind of solid feeling of progression in terms of like the characters and their relationships yeah. or even or even perhaps a direction of travel you know it's yeah. it's just kind of paddling around in a pool um, yeah yeah and it kind of you know it has its nice little moments where you know like Inoki gets to see a bit more of kind of you know Toromaru not just being a delinquent and whatever and kind of realizing oh like you know there's a softer side to her she likes animals etc etc but it never it feels like those are really good like opportune moments for it to kind of follow through and do something to kind of denote like you know a change in that relationship or some kind of progression like you say some kind of direction of travel but it always it feels like one of those series that is kind of scared to do that and so it always reverts back to type and finds a reason to kind of to undo that almost and be like oh no but it's all she's still a delinquent and it's like you know it just just once or twice it would be nice just to have that mask slip a bit to to give a bit more credence to the idea of like oh wait maybe she does actually like me romantically and you know to to offer something a bit more a bit more than it does up there yeah yeah i mean the end of this first volume ends with um basically uh there's a rain shower who'd have thought and they end up at um at unoki's house and basically toromaru's brother turns up the important thing being that this big scary dude with dead eyes shows up but then it kind of wastes the opportunity by just making her say hi i'm the little brother it's like you didn't have to say that. You could have had a little bit of suspense of this big scary guy turning up and just going, "Where is Toru Maru?" And then you've yeah. got like the cl- a cliffhanger, even if just for one chapter. Instead, it's like, "Oh, you've already answered the question of what has been asked here. Never mind." Um, and in later volumes, you do get some more Ushigome becomes more of an ally, but at the same time, she gets complicated with her own storyline that kind of neuters her as being any kind of help because you just end up with like another misunderstanding which is there off to the side but not very important and it has a potentially interesting storyline but it feels a bit strange where suddenly you now have two different romantic storylines that don't go anywhere 
Um, so yeah, apologies. Like this is dipping into volume two, so I'll stop it now. But yeah, it it there's I I want to sink my teeth into this and enjoy it, but that I I still like it. But there's just there isn't there isn't the depth to really dive into for my for for, for my money. Yeah, yeah, and I think you know that is the the issue with with a, a lot of these kinds of series is like you you need something to kind of you know unless you're making it like a, a sort of a one shot single volume affair you kind of need something to to hang your hat on or if you're and, just making this... it like a legit steady state comedy where it's just hey this is gags like or you know we know that nothing is going to happen here and this is like you know I think Nozaki Kun kind of like balances that line really well. There's another series to have a drinking game about, but like it manages to like balance gags with actual like progression and also does it in a four panel format. So it kind of manages to balance all three of those workloads together quite well. Although later volumes, you start to realize, especially like volume like eight or so, you start to realize that, oh, all these characters are insane. I just didn't realize it because it's so slowly built out how bonkers they all are. <laughs> yeah which I, again yeah like that's definitely another way of kind of like doing it to like keep that status quo in, in place and yeah and i mean i i think that's the other thing about this like you're talking about you know you can just make it like a pure like gag series like this volume isn't particularly funny like it doesn't yeah. really have much in the way of kind of bangers of, of of jokes and again you know as much as i feel like we often malign the whole misunderstanding thing as being lazy like you can make really hilarious you know comedy out of that and yeah. this series like really because it it always seems like it's stretching that point it never really manages to find a good kind of cadence like i mean there's one point in this volume and, and i i get this is probably a localization issue as much as anything of just like how do you translate this in a way that kind of works as a as a gag but there's a point where it's like it, unoki kind of it, it, toromali is trying to kind of say i forget exactly what it is she's trying to say but she's trying to say something nice uh, basically like uh, about spending her life with him and and it comes out as like, what kind of grave do you prefer? And it's like, that is such a kind of off the cliff kind of attempt to make something that can be misunderstood. Like it goes from kind of, you know, zero to 100 at such rapid speed. It's like, it just doesn't work. And, you know. Yeah, it's a sort of thing that even in the series itself requires like several sets of parentheses and notes explaining the joke around the joke. Yeah, yeah, and it's like you know, you you kind of again, you know, while, while we're on the Nazaki bent, like that that series is so nailed on at kind of having those moments where of misunderstandings in a way that is genuinely funny and like you say ultimately because all the characters are bonkers um, but like you know there are series and again Kaguya-sama like Love is War that's another series that does that really well where you know it it can create those sort of moments and toy with them in a way that is funny and kind of interesting at the same time whereas this it always felt like it was having to reach to kind of to keep up the status quo and i think that's that's always a problematic place to be because you kind of you know if if it doesn't feel like it's an easy kind of like yeah of, of course you know everybody's nobody's figured out anybody else's intentions because of this this and this it kind of works but here it feels like it's having to paddle so hard beneath the surface just to keep up the pretense of like oh no this is this is here's the misunderstanding um it's it's a real kind of uh, a bit of a a slog to try and kind of get any comedy out of it let alone anything else yeah it definitely feels very much a case of like 
you you have a joke in your mind, but you now you need to get the run up to it. So, oops. Um, oh, there was another series I was going to reference um, to make this even more annoying in terms of just picking out other series. Oh, I remember that. Like you can't, you know, like for a comparison on the comedy side, like. Uh, some people may not like it as much as I did, but We Never Learn, I feel like, had a really good way of building up for, like, massive, like, head-into-desk comedy je- comedy misunderstanding moments where it's just like, oh, you idiots. Like, you spent 20 pages in this chapter and it ends on this really kind of, like, stupid gag um, joke, which works because it's real dumb. So, yeah, although that series could be argued to be done, I've done some other stuff stupid, um, but it had some real good moments of going, of like you know it knew how to end in a, end a chapter with a laugh at least yeah well and, and it kind of I, I feel like that series you know as much as i'm not a fan of it like it goes for it and it sells its jokes like i think that's the the as much the issue here as anything is it it doesn't have the kind of the window dressing you know it's like you know comedy is not just telling the joke like it's about delivery and i think that's where this series kind of falls flat a bit because it doesn't have the the delivery of something like a we never learn or even like you know early volume like nisekoi you know it it goes it it swings for the fences and it kind of goes for it whereas this it sort of it doesn't feel like it puts the you know puts the swing into it to try and kind of you know to to knock it out the park and so it just kind of feels a bit it, it often falls a bit flat yeah, when you you can't really swing for the fences when you've been crammed into two panels and you take a joke that could be interesting, like misunderstanding that Toromoa actually rather wants to eat this rabbit she is petting. And instead it's like, oh, you just crammed this joke into two panels and so of course it's not going to work. And why you have to like put parentheses around it and kind of very carefully silo off the bit where you point out this is the funny joke um, you know, to like you don't, you don't even get much space to split the misunderstanding as it were. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly that. So I think it's it's kind of you know the the timing and delivery is just just off there, and and I think that's why like ultimately you know an unfair kind of you know not quite as like to like as it maybe sounds comparison like between the two series that we're talking about on this podcast but like fully saying is the one that I came away from with at least kind of a smile and like like yeah you know I kind of. I like some of these idiots and I kind of want to see how they get on. Whereas, uh, you know, I belong to the baddest girl at school. I was like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm quite, I'm quite happy like hearing secondhand about anything that happens in this series. I'm not really invested in any of these characters myself. Yeah. Um, to do the weird like, comparison, like I, I want to like and like the concept of I belong to the baddest girl at school more, but I found myself by the end of it enjoying Furry San more as an actual reading experience. So yeah, yeah there, there you go. Hundred um, percent. Is there anything else you want to mention about this? Uh, no, no, I don't. Uh, I don't think so. No, that's fair. Um, yeah, some of the translation can be a bit, little, little bit ropey. Um, I know some people have um, complaints about One Piece books. Um, I have a complaint where the, P- the file my eBay download was twenty three meg, but it looked okay, so I couldn't see any colossal problems. But that was kind of a shock of like, wow, that's a small file. What's going on? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it seemed to, to look okay for for me as well. So, um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, the, yeah, the, the translation it, it, it never really kind of stuck out to me is like oh this is this is really ropey but yeah it definitely felt a little bit clunky in places where it could maybe have been a little bit smoother yeah i think the main theory is that some other titles that one piece books have done have been have attracted some um some complaint so Mm. yeah cool 
Um, so yeah, that's um, I belong to the baddest girl at school, and so moving on to talk about mentioning what we're talking about next time. So I have picked. So I was going to pick your pick, Andy, but then I bought something on a complete and utter random whim that I now want to talk about. So I have picked volume one of the recently released um, "Run on Your New Legs." There you go. Um, it looks a lot more interesting in the cover treatment. I swear. The name. I'm just making it sound boring. Don't worry, Andy. How about? Oh, sorry. Yeah, Andy. How about you? Yeah, so amusingly, you picked the series that I was going to pick. Um, so we've somehow like done some kind of weird like sci-fi brain transfer, I guess. Uh, because we have spent yeah, my... too long together. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like we know each other's taste. We finish each other's sentences. Um, and so, yeah, my my pick for the the next podcast is it will be a surprise to nobody. There is a new um, Nagata Kabi workout, my wandering warrior existence, and of course, I want to read that as soon as I damn well can so that is my pick for the next episode grand yeah we can delve into that um so yeah um thank you very much for listening um apologies for the slight breaking service last calendar week um my internet stopped working and bt took a week to fix it and i couldn't really reliably have a decent podcast experience on uh, my phone connection so womp womp um but uh, yeah we put out a returning champions podcast episode to kind of fill the gap and i hope you enjoyed that we've had some positive feedback about those um feel free to join the patreon to find out more about those but anyway you can find the rest of our episodes at screentone.club you can email us at show at screentone.club uh my name is elliot page you can find my personal stuff at elliot page on twitter um andy how about you yeah, my name is Andy Hanley, and you can find me on Twitter at Hannah's1979. Wonderful. Uh, my cat is meowing up a storm in downstairs, so hopefully that doesn't come on the recording, but I need to go let her out. So from both of us, good night. Bye, everyone. Bye.